Good morning. Please be seated. Uh, my name's Kevin. I serve here on the pastoral staff. Let's get the uh, obvious elephant in the room out of the way here. Why is he wearing a suit? So, thank you. Thank you. Uh, simple answer. It ha- it, it, you might think it has to do with the message this morning, which it could fit in with if you if you stretch it, you can stretch any analogy enough, I guess. Uh, I have a wedding uh, that I'm doing uh, down at the Bez at noon, and so the benediction will happen. We'll say amen. Me and my family are out of here, so sorry I'm not talking to you after, but uh, I got to get there by noon, so um, that's why I'm in a suit. I just don't have time to change, so I'm sure there's other, other wonderings, but uh, I'll leave it to you to figure out your own, on your own as to what those things were. Well, um, this morning, we have kids in the service. Hi, kids. You guys all buried in your coloring sheets already? Hopefully not. Uh, I have a couple helpers that are going to come up here. Come on up, girls. So this is uh, my daughter, Beth. She'll be standing over here, and her friend, Kenzie. She'll be standing over there. And uh, we're going to start with a little story this morning. Sorry if the camera guy... Come in, come in. I didn't tell the camera guys about this. Hopefully, all of you at home can see them and, and get this. Uh, hopefully you can get a wide enough shot. Here we go. Okay, so uh, once upon a time, there was a little girl who loved stuffies. So Ken's just wait there. You're doing fine. It was good for this uh, little girl to love stuffies because her parents owned the stuffy factory. You can pick them up. You can play with them. Enjoy them all you want. You have to clean up before, when you're off stage, okay? So they, she loved stuffies. And she had tons of her parents, like, owned Beanie Boo kind of thing. Like, this is, this is awesome. She had as many stuffies as she wanted. Across the street, there was another little girl. She also loved stuffies. But she had to work super hard. Doing the dishes for mom and dad, like, getting, like, a quarter for it kind of thing. Yeah, Exactly. She had to save all her birthday money. But one day, she earned enough to buy her favorite stuffy. And she finally got one. And she loved it so much. And she took it everywhere with her. And it like, got all the slobber on it. And she, oh, sorry, I said I wasn't going to say that. Yeah. Uh, she loved it. And it went everywhere. And it got dirty. We went on all the trips. It was so awesome. Now, one day, the girl with the lots of beanie boos, she got invited to a birthday party. And so she didn't want to, what do you get? Well, she wants to give her friend a stuffy. But she wasn't about to give away one of her own. She loved them all too much. So what did she do? She went over to her neighbor's place. She took the stuffy. And she grinned and laughed and sinister. (laughs) She took that stuffy and she gave it away at the birthday party. End of story. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, clean them up. Well, that's kind of a downer. So parents and kids... That's, that is, that's, sorry, like, that's it. That's the end of the story. The little girl with one got her stuffy taken from her. 
So, like, how do you respond to that, kids? Like, I hope you're saying, well, that's not fair. What? This little girl should be grounded. She should, she should have to pay back, like, four times the stuffies to this other little girl. She had all of them. Why in the world would she do that? Well, kids, you're in church. Believe it or not, this is a church story. It's found in the book of Samuel. And this is the story that Nathan the prophet tells King David. And King David is angry. He's like, what? Someone in my kingdom had all of this and did this to someone? How dare they? And the prophet Nathan says to King David, that's you. You are that man. You did that. Well, the story is that David ended up taking one of the guys in the military, his wife. Took his wife, tried to cover it up, couldn't cover it up, so he killed Uriah, the guy in the, in the, in the military. And then he went and had a baby with Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, and then Nathan comes along and says, hey, King David, you shouldn't be taking another man's wife, and you also shouldn't kill people to cover it up. So David, when he's confronted with this story, ends up saying this, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan responds, David, good, like, you got it. The Lord has taken away your sin, but there are still consequences in this situation, and the baby's going to die. Somewhere in this story of, of David and Nathan, David ends up writing Psalm 51, and that's going to be our psalm today. We're in a, we're in a series of psalms. This is the last one uh, to end our summer series on psalms. And it's a psalm of repentance. It's a psalm that recognizes our sinfulness and our need for God's mercy. So I said at the beginning of the series uh, at, at, of summer that this, the Psalms are the songbook of the Israelites. And it's the songbook of the church today. And you go through all sorts of, of different emotions and different situations as you, as you go through the Psalms. And even though this one definitely reflects a, a personal perspective, it has also been used uh, throughout time for corporate confession and corporate repentance. And so as we look at it, you can keep both the the individual and the corporate uh, side um, in mind. So let me read to you uh, Psalm 51. It is a bit of a longer one, but you kind of know the context now of what was in David's mind as he ended up writing this, of what just happened. He's just been confronted with his sin, and here is what he writes. Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. 
yet you desired faithfulness. Even in the womb, you taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are my God, God my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, do, you, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of righteousness, in burnt offerings offered whole. Then bulls will be offered on your altar." So, uh, the first, five, first nine verses, uh, David acknowledges his sinfulness and the need for God's mercy and God's cleansing. David recognizes, he admits, he, he confesses this sinfulness and acknowledges God's holiness, God's perfection. So, kids, that was the word of the Lord. Hopefully, you didn't fall asleep while I was reading God's word or do your coloring, or whatever, but that's okay. How many kids went to camp? Okay, good. How many kids did, like, archery, or marksmanship, or something like that? Yeah, okay, good, good, awesome. Okay, so this is, this is actually kind of an archery term that we're talking about today, because sin, and in the Old Testament, is, is meaning you missed the mark. yeah, yeah. yeah. You missed the bullseye. You kind of, here's the bullseye you shot and went, boink. They kind of missed it over here. God hits the mark perfectly every time. God cannot miss. He is perfect. And we are not. We miss the target. We miss the mark. We believe that God created us in his image to have a perfect relationship with him. But that since Adam and Eve, all humans have sinned. All humans have missed the mark. We are born into sin. David admits he missed the mark. He missed the mark of God's perfection. It wasn't just even a little miss. I mean, this is murder. This is adultery. This is, this is big time. He wasn't even close to God's mark. David sinned, and he admits that. David's response is to turn to God and ask God to cleanse him, to to wash him clean, to get rid of the dirt. There's a lot of dirt imagery, if you heard it in Psalm 51. So, like, sin is like getting dirty. No matter how hard we try to stay clean, we end up starting to stink. We sweat. We get dirty. We can't help it. Something tells me today that after standing in the sun 
performing a wedding in a suit. I was hoping it would be one of those Hawaiian shirt kind of weddings. Nope, going to be standing in the sun 30 whatever degrees today in a suit. Something tells me that even though I don't want to, I'm going to stink after. Like there's going to be some dry cleaning bills involved here. Like it's going to be down here somewhere. Like it's going to be not good. And I don't mean to. It's just I'm going to stink. So our outward cleanliness, our, our dirt, our, 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 our sweat, our stink, that might matter to our moms. Might matter to those who are around us, if you know what I mean. But it's not our outward cleanliness that is concerning to God. It's, it's the inside cleanliness is what we're talking about. It's, it's our heart cleanliness. It's the sin in our heart that God wants to clean up. And this is where Jesus comes in. Jesus has pretty harsh words for people who care more about the outward cleanliness than what's inside. This is why I wish I kind of wasn't wearing a suit. It makes me look too clean on the outside. Because religious leaders back in the day, people that were doing my job basically back then, the religious leaders, he called them whitewashed tombs. He said, basically, you're a tomb that someone's been scrubbing and it looks all nice on the outside. Inside, it's dead. Nowadays, we have, you know, modern graves or whatever. Yeah, you've been mowing the lawn and you have a nice, like, tombstone plate that looks all good and you've been dusting it and you put some flowers on it. It contains death. You're dead inside. So I think it's fair. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here. I think it's fair that in our congregation, we don't have people that have sinned like David. Killing and taking someone's wife. I don't know. Even if that is you, that is the outer actions. But what about people in our congregation? Do we have anyone here who maybe has struggled with anger? Anyone who's struggled with lust? Those that aren't so clean on the inside. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said to people long ago, you should not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, this is Jesus talking, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or a sister is subject to judgment. He goes on just a few verses later. You have heard it said, you should not commit adultery. But I tell you, Anyone who looks lustfully at a woman or man has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Kind of levels the playing field a little bit. It's not about the outer actions that are the sins. It's about the heart inside. If you haven't been convicted enough on that, I'm going to keep going. Jesus gets even more explicit. Matthew chapter 15. Kids, you can pay attention. Here's some scriptural references about washing your hands before a meal. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of their elders? They do not wash their hands before they eat. And Jesus replied, Why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. 
But you say that if anyone declares what, it, what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called to the, crowd, the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but it's what comes out of their mouth. That's what defiles them. My daughter asked a question about this. Like, throwing up is wrong? No, no, no. The words, the, the words that we say to others. So, kids, it's not just like throwing up is sin. Okay, just let's be clear on that. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? <laughs> Jesus replied, every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, they will both fall into a pit. Peter keeps going here. Uh, Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever leaves the mouth, whatever enters the mouth, goes into the stomach and then out of the body? I told my daughter I would say, it, it, it pooped out. I think, I think Jesus might even, it's not church language, but like, I think Jesus might have even used farm language on this. Like, that's what happens. Food goes in, gets pooped out. Let's just be honest about it. But the things that, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these are the things that defile, defile them, the words, those kinds of things. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Jesus' concern is our heart. This doesn't mean that outward actions don't matter, of course. They do. But they show the condition of our hearts. So you can come today, you can come ready to give an offering. At the end, our, offering, our, our ushers will hold offering bags at the, at the end. And you can, you can give or not give. You can, you can give, but maybe you don't even have a generous heart. Maybe, you know, whatever, I just do this every week. Here you go. No! No! Jesus is looking at the heart. Do you have a heart of generosity? Are you giving generously? That's the important part, not just, oh yeah, I do it, I just do it every week and this is what I do. What is, it, what is it about the condition of your heart? So when Jesus ends up praying in, in Psalm 51, cleanse me with hyssop. Hyssop is a herb. If you're growing a herb in your garden, it's, it's like mint, like a little mint plant, big leaves. And that was used for ceremonial cleansing. It, it's, hyssop is not a soap. Okay, it's not tied. It's like a, it's like a mint plant. During the, the ceremonial cleansing, blood of animals was used to purify. Not because of blood, <clears throat> of the cleaning properties of blood, but because the sacrifice of the animal represented the punishment that the person should have. So hyssop was used by the Israelites to spread on their door frames 
when the last plague came before they left Egypt, in, just during the, before the Exodus. It protected them if they smeared it on their door frames. It protected them from death because they were cleansed. The sacrifice was for them. It was on their behalf. So blood is the sacrifice for sins. The Bible talks about we should die for our sins. You missed the mark. Punishment is death. And a perfect God cannot allow imperfection to be in his presence. Sin needs to be destroyed. The punishment of sin is death. So if sin is inside of us, in our heart, in our thoughts, we should be destroyed. But that would destroy us. Those who are made in God's image for relationship with him. So God needed to make a way to cleanse us. God needed a way to make, purify us, to make us holy, to, to wash our insides clean so that we could be in perfect relationship with him, what we were made to be. So in the Old Testament, sacrifices were animals. But even then, there were a lot of references about the inadequacy of the sacrificial system. And here in Psalm 51, David acknowledges that God does not delight in sacrifices or burnt offerings. Instead, God desires a broken spirit, a broken and and contrite heart, a humble heart inside. God desires our hearts to be humble, repentant, truly sorry for what we have done. So does that describe you? Does that describe us corporately? I think it does for many of you. I think it does when we're we're talking about the coworkers that we like, the people that we like, our close friends, you know, like, yeah, that describes pretty clean. But, okay, so does it describe your attitude towards those people that you don't like? To those people who think differently than you? To those enemies? What about the people that sit beside you that think differently about how to love Jesus? Does that describe your heart? And see, this is the the challenge with sin, is that we end up holding others to our imperfect standard. Basically, we say, I didn't hit the mark, and so everybody else should miss just like me. And as we sin, it actually shrinks our view of God. The creator of the universe is no longer feared. He becomes more like us. We make God into our own image. That is idolatry. That is a big no-no. That's like number one on the list. Instead of us becoming more like him, we are made in his image. We need to become more like him. We need to be moving towards the middle, not expecting everyone to be out here being okay with our sin. And this is an issue in our Christian world today. We find ways to justify why God would agree with our beliefs instead of submitting to God's ways. We need to be reminded of the holiness of God. The standard is God. And as we take the focus off of ourself 
and fix it on God, we will see God's holiness and it will be terrifying. The holiness of God reveals our unholiness. It's not really popular to talk about, and of course, it needs to be balanced with God's love and God's mercy, but I don't think it hurts in our day and age to be reminded of the holiness of God. Isaiah sees God and he says, woe is me, I am a man of unclean lips, as he encounters the presence of God's holiness. I think this is something that we can relate to, I don't think it's something to scare us, but I think it is something that we can relate to. Again, a money example for us. How many of us have thought, well, God wouldn't want me to waste what he's given to me. That's not good stewardship. So I'm not going to give to that group. They don't think the way I think. I think this way is right. So I'm going to give to this group. And I'm going to give money to my family because, you know, they're going to use that well. We don't trust or, 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 or I'll, I'll give to people that that I trust, I'll give to organizations that I trust, I'll give to people that I trust or that think like me, instead of giving to the church, instead of giving to missionaries, instead of giving to maybe God, just what is His? Here you go. But we give to what we align with. Jesus asks us to give generously to all who are in need, not just to those that we agree with. We all sin. We all miss the mark. So here's the key. Whether it's our money, whether it's idolatry, whether it's uh, anger, murder, whatever it, it is, we all miss the mark. But God has made a way to restore relationship with him. And that is through the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus' death on the cross was the final sacrifice. No longer was blood of animals needed to represent our inner cleansing, Jesus died for us, he was the perfect sacrifice, and he died to take our place. For you and for me. But it takes a humble heart to accept that gift. You cannot save yourself. You cannot be good enough on your own. You need to humble yourself and accept that Jesus' sacrifice is enough to make you right before God. Even the murderers and the adulterers even the angry and the lustful. I think we struggle with confessing sin because we really do not understand the fullness of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us. David says, Restore to me the joy of, my, of your salvation. Sin affects the joy of our salvation. Sin minimizes our view of how amazing it is to be in relationship with the God of the universe. And as we confess and as we rely on Jesus' forgiveness, we experience the joy of our salvation. We recognize the depth of our depravity and the height of Jesus' sacrifice and holiness. And we respond with joy Boy, we are not, uh, we've seen it in others, and it's just like, we just kind of sit here and go, yes, yes, pastor, I am joyful. Yes. Praise Jesus. You know, like, uh, there's some life. Like, 
And I know we're, I'm being a little critical on myself. I'm not the big, you know, ultra, woohoo, Jesus saved me person. But I think we can, like, have some joy when we really understand what Jesus has done for us. When we allow God to convict us and humbly repent, we see the salvation of Jesus. And I, I really think that part of the problem is that we don't actually look at our own sinfulness enough in the right way. When we do look at our own sinfulness, we end up wallowing in our own inadequacy and shame and condemnation. Oh, I'm terrible. I got angry. I lusted. I whatever. Oh, I'm a terrible. And we have to lift our eyes beyond that. We have to lift our eyes to the cross of Jesus. And when we, are, when we do, we should be filled with awe and worship and praise and joy and rejoicing. For Jesus has taken away our sin. We don't need to sit and wallow in it anymore. It's made us right with God. It's like the arrow that we shot that totally missed has been moved to hit the bullseye. And Jesus goes, good job, you hit the bullseye. Even though it was him that moved it and it hit the bullseye. We need to admit that we missed and allow Jesus to move the mark to the bullseye. Jesus desires for you to confess your sins and then leave them behind. Don't wallow. You are forgiven in the name of Jesus. Walk in joy with God because of your salvation. Uh, Worship team, come on up. It's hard to know whether we're wallowing and confessing or celebrating and joyful. Tyson, figure it out, man. You're going to do great. You might need both. And I don't know where you're going to be at and how you're needing to respond here. Some of you are going to need, to need to take a couple of songs here and just confess and allow Jesus' love and forgiveness to wash over you. And you can celebrate joyfully. Some of you are just so thankful for the blood of Jesus and you just want to celebrate Go for it, people. Experience the joy of forgiveness. If you need people to talk to, I mean, we have uh, Pastor Reg, Brenda is here, myself, uh, whatever. I don't know if we'll be up at the front here. Maybe right, let's not do that right now. Now we'll, we'll stay down. But if, like sometimes you just need someone to say, you're forgiven in the name of Jesus. And you don't even need to say what your sins are. Hey, I confessed my sins to Jesus. And we'll just say, we forgive you in the name of Jesus. If you need to confess them to us, We'll use wisdom there. And maybe there's other people as well, council people, maybe be ready and just be present maybe afterwards. Uh, just if people need that person, uh, come to us and receive the forgiveness of Jesus in his name. Let's pray. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your unfailing love. Blot out our sins. Have compassion on us. Forgive us for where we have missed the mark, both individually and corporately, for the idolatry of of putting ourselves in our own ways before yours. Jesus, show us your grace and your mercy. Show it to everyone here. Show it to us as a church. We pray this in your name. Amen.